Last year, we launched our course, The Data-Driven Classroom, and had hundreds of educators and clinicians take this course with consistently amazing feedback. I heard from so many teachers how this course really changed the way they approach data, how they were able to set up simple data systems, train their paras, and be collecting data to make data-based decisions within days of finishing the course. That feedback made me so happy. Now that course has been closed and unavailable since last year, but guess what? We are reopening the course, the data-based classroom, and I want you to be one of the first ones in. If data is something you have been struggling with for years, let's work on this together. Let me give you all of the tools to make this something that can consistently happen in your classroom. And guess what? Since you are a podcast listener, and I absolutely love my podcast listeners, I have an awesome code for you. When you use the code DATA100, you're going to get $100 off of the course bundle. Now, this code is only going to be usable until March 20th. So you only have one week to use this code, but Data 100 will get you $100 off of that course bundle. So that means for less than $200, you are getting the amazing data toolkit with literally hundreds of data sheets, all editable. And don't worry, I teach you how to edit it. And that entire data-driven course that touches on academic data, behavior data, staff training, and so much more. There's a link in the show notes with all of the information. Let's make this year the year that data really works. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Welcome back to the Autism Helper Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our series over the summer on unpopular opinions. Those were some really fun episodes, and I loved getting into discussions with you all on social media about those same topics. So I thought we'd start out the school year with some frequently asked question episodes. So I'm going to do four different episodes that categorize frequently asked questions that I get. We're going to start off today with schedules. Next week, I'm going to share some frequently asked questions on behavior and then paraprofessionals and setting up your stations. Now, ever since I started the Autism Helper now... 11 years ago, I have really prided myself on responding to really every question or comment I get. So if you've ever emailed me or messaged me on Instagram, we pretty much reply to everything. And that's become a very big task now that there are so many different channels. But I, I've done that from the start because I, I want to be able to engage with everyone and I know what it feels like to be on that special ed island alone and not really have anyone to collaborate with. So I love getting questions. Please, you know, feel free to continue to send us questions on Instagram is a great place. Um, you know, on our customer service email is also a great place and we will be sure to get those all answered for you. So today we're going to start off frequently asked questions with schedules. 
So throughout the month of August, I shared a lot of content on YouTube and Instagram about different types of schedules. If you're in our membership, there are some awesome schedule videos for you in September where we walk through different types of schedules. I go through the whole schedule continuum, which I love teaching about, and how we really want to move students toward more and more generalizable types of schedules. Now, because I'm so obsessed about talking about schedules, and believe me, I'm obsessed. Last year, a school district asked me to do a four-hour session on schedules. That's it. Just schedules, not classroom setup. And I was like, heck yeah. And we did it. And it was great. So that's how much I love talking about schedules. So when I talk about this all the time, one of the first questions that I do get asked frequently about schedules is, does everyone really need a schedule? Like, my kids don't seem to use schedules. Maybe they just don't need it. What should I do? And to answer the first part of that question, you know, do all students need a schedule? My answer is a big, all caps, yes. We all use schedules. Schedules are not a special ed strategy. They are not a special ed classroom thing. You and I use schedules all the time. If we couldn't use a schedule, we would not have a job. We would not be able to watch our favorite TV shows. We would not get to our best friend's birthday party. We would not get to our flight to vacation on time, right? We use schedules all the time. Schedules are super, super functional. Our goal with our students shouldn't be removing the schedule. It should be that the schedule can be used independently. That's the goal. The goal is independence and the goal is moving towards a schedule type that is easier to generalize into different settings. And we'll talk about what that means in a second. So the goal is not getting rid of it. The goal is independence. And to the second part of that question, you know, it seems like my kids aren't using schedules. Maybe they don't need it. Now, just because we don't check our schedule every day and like actively cross out everything like you or I, like let's say you make, you know, a schedule for yourself on Saturday or, you know, you have your schedule for your classroom, right? You don't, after a while, really need to check it every day. You know, like Fridays, you know, are art and arts at 915. You know that. You have that memorized. Same thing with your students, right? Once it's a few weeks into the school year, they they know the rotation of the day. They know where to go. So if they aren't actively crossing off or putting their, you know, movable piece picture in a finish bin, but they seem to be rotating throughout the day independently, that's okay. That doesn't mean, though, that they don't need that schedule. We still need that schedule schedule in place when there are changes, when we are upset or overwhelmed, when we do need to make a switch in that routine. So just because they aren't actively using it every day, it is there for them when they need it. So I've touched on a really important topic within this first question of different types of schedules. So when I say every student needs a schedule, some people think in their head a PAX picture schedule, right? Board maker pictures, movable pieces, they're Velcroed to the wall, there's a finished bin. That's kind of what's in our head when we think about a special ed classroom schedule. And when I say every student needs a schedule, immediately people are like, oh no, my kid doesn't need that. And you're right. Not every child needs that type of schedule. That is one type of schedule. There are so many different types of schedules. Every student needs a schedule. Not every student needs a picture, movable piece, Velcro schedule. That's one option. There are a lot of different types of schedules. As I said, and as I mentioned in the membership, I teach about this schedule continuum. And we start on one end of the continuum with our more restrictive schedules that are harder to generalize to other settings. So something like 
a picture schedule that has movable pieces and the pictures are really assigned to one center in that room, that's really hard to bring to another setting, right? That's hard for mom or dad to set up at home. That would be effortful for a future employer to set up at a work program. So those types of schedules provide a lot of support and they're great for students that need that type of support. But as we move down the continuum, we're going to move towards schedules that are less restrictive and are easier to generalize in other settings. So something like a written schedule that, you know, is just a list of words is super easy to generalize into other settings. Mom or dad can set that up at home. A job coach can set that up in a job setting. A new teacher can set that up in their classroom. A student could set that up for themselves. So that's going to obviously provide less support than pictures and that movable piece, but it's easier to use in different settings. So as our kids get older, as they gain skills, we want to move down that continuum. If your student has been using the same type of schedule for many years, my challenge to you now is to level them up. What can you do differently? Can you take that schedule off the wall and put it in a binder on a clipboard? Can you get rid of the movable pieces? Can they cross off pictures with a dry erase marker? Can it be just words? Could you add clocks to that? How can we make it look more like their grade level peers? That's what you always want to be thinking about. So kids that have had that same type of schedule for a long time, think about that. What could you do differently to level them up? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So the next frequently asked question that I get about schedules is right on this topic is how do I figure out what type of schedule to use for each student? And when people ask this question, I get really excited because they're on the right track. Every student should be matched with a schedule that meets their unique needs, their skill sets. The schedule should be accessible and understandable. It should not be something that is too challenging. Then it's not accessible, right? If your student is not yet a reader, then you want to have pictures to support the words. If your student's a fluent reader, great. Then you can get rid of those pictures. But you want to think about each student's needs and what will benefit benefit them. If your student isn't readily matching pictures, they're not going to be successful with a picture schedule yet because that requires a prerequisite skill of matching pictures, right? That's why I love doing color-coded schedules where instead of matching, you know, the little guy with the book to the little guy with the book at the reading center, we're matching blue to blue. Like the icon can still be there, but the background is blue and the background of circle time is yellow and the background of gym is red. So we're going to add in more color-coding to really help show at how to navigate that day. So you want to match each schedule up with each student's skill sets. And now you might be starting to like spiral in your brain a little bit and be like, oh my gosh, that might mean I need multiple types of schedules in my classroom. And that's exactly right. If you have four types of schedules in your classroom, you're doing it right. Your students likely don't have exactly the same skill sets across the board. So you really want to individualize for each student. And this may seem at first like a lot of extra work, but I actually find that in the long run, this is a lot easier. Because if you're meeting students where they're at, that means that you can take students away from a movable piece picture schedule, which honestly is hard to maintain, right? You have to set that up every day. You have to make all the pictures, Velcro them. 
if you can move students away from that to a written schedule or a picture schedule that's on paper that we cross off with a dry erase marker or a pencil every day, that's going to be easier to maintain and that's allowing the student that next level of independence. So when picking schedules for each student, think about their skill set and think about what is accessible and understandable to them. I mentioned earlier that we want to have schedules available as a backup even for students that have their routine memorized because there are going to be schedule changes. And that's a question that I get frequently about schedule use is how do we show changes? And this is an important reason that we have schedules as I said because we want to use our schedules to communicate changes to the routine and to the day. Changes can be really challenging for some students. You know that's really touching on flexibility, that executive function. And that's a hard skill. Being flexible is a hard skill. I am not, to be honest, super flexible. It's something I have to work on. When I have my expectations set in one way and then those expectations change, that's sometimes hard for me, right? And we want to, for students that struggle with change and struggle with flexibility, give as many warnings of these changes as possible. And again, going back to what we just said in that accessible, understandable way. So using our schedules to communicate changes. So in our schedules, how we can communicate those changes is by showing what the change will be. Do we have a half day? Do we have an early release day? Do we have a pep rally? Do we have school picture day? What stations are we not doing? What stations are being replaced by going to school pictures and how can we show that? In your picture schedules, that means having extra icons for those special events. Or maybe you have one icon that's a star and it just means a special event. It could be a pep rally. It could be a parent visitor. We don't know, right? It's just a change. And physically removing and setting up that schedule to show that change. In your written schedules or your picture schedules on paper, you know, Getting just creative here, crossing off things with a marker and drawing a little icon. Totally allowed, right? Hey, today we don't have morning circle. We don't have guided reading groups. Instead, we're going to the school concert and drawing a picture of a music note. And show that ahead of time. Talk about that on Monday if it's happening on Friday and have those few days to review for that change. That is such a great proactive strategy to take for your students that this could be a trigger for. We're going to really alert them of these changes, prepare them of these changes, and using schedules is a great way to do that. Last frequently asked question about schedules relates to paraprofessionals. I get asked sometimes, you know, my paras don't really have buy-in on the schedule and how can I fix this? How can I get my paras to use the schedules with my students and provide those prompts? And also not overprompt, right? We want to just give that sweet spot of prompting, not too much, not too little. And with anything with paraprofessional training, and we're going to do a whole episode on paraprofessional frequently asked questions because I get so many of these, you always want to go back to behavior skills training, which we'll talk about in detail. But the first step of behavior skills training is explain. Give the why. Give the reason. You know, we set up all of these tools in our classroom, visuals, schedules, routine, structure, social stories, and we don't always explain to our teams why we need them. What's the reason behind them? And this is a really pivotal point of staff training is to get the buy-in is to explain why. You know, the schedule shows us how to navigate our day and our goal with the schedule is a student being independent. Have you ever said that to your staff? Like, hey, our goal here is that they use the schedule without us. That's our goal. And having ways to really check in on how close are we getting to that goal? Can we take data on the prompts we're giving? 
Grab a click counter. Just track how many prompts you give throughout the day related to schedules. And track that consistently throughout the year and make sure that we're decreasing and we're not unintentionally over-prompting. So we want to give that why, that schedules are functional, schedules show us how to navigate our day, schedules help prevent problem behavior by showing what's coming, schedules help teach changes because we can show the changes in the schedule, give that explanation and allow for questions, allow for discussion and give that end goal of, hey, this is where we want to be going and how are we going to get there? All right, I'd love to hear from you. What are your questions about schedules? I want to hear. Come head over to Instagram. Shoot me a DM. If you're not an Instagram person, um, we're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. You can also email customer service at theautismhelper.com. Um, and let me know what frequently asked questions you get asked by your team and your parents about schedules or what questions you have about schedules yourself. Next week, we'll be I'll be sharing all frequently asked questions on behavior. You know that's going to be a good one. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.